Oh my gosh. Okay, I need to stop giggling. I- I'm good. <laughs> Every time I see you, you make my heart say. Hello everyone, welcome and welcome. My name is Elijah Canary, one-third of Historian Interns. And today I have with me... Oh, Hi, I'm reminded me of yesterday. I know. I would. That's exactly what I thought. I, I give y'all props. That was. I was texting Sydney on the side. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm shook. Honestly, that made me nervous too. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome and welcome. My name is Elijah Canary, one-third of Historian Interns. And today I have with me... Hi, I'm Chloe. I am one-third of the COPO Interns. Hey everyone, my name is Nancy and I am one-half of the PRs this year. And you're listening to Core Communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. But I don't want you guys to think I'm messy. It's laundry day. We haven't even taken our laundry down. We did it. <laughs> it's upstairs with the laundry machine in the morning. You know, I didn't know how to do laundry for like the longest time. It, was, it wasn't until like um, the pandemic started that <laughs> I had to do like house chores. And so <laughs> that's a bummer. I didn't know how to cook until the pandemic. What do you know how to cook now? <laughs> I know how to cook french fries. <laughs> I know how to cook french fries, all like different kinds of egg without messing it up. So I like perfected cooking egg. And then I made baked potato. I made even, um, what's it called? Sweet potato fries. I don't so, know. And then I experimented. Too. <laughs> They're all but yeah, I <laughs> But yeah. What's your... They're really good. Do you like them crispy? Your french fries? I like them both. I don't okay. like it when, like, all of them are crunchy. I like some, like, few, like, soggy ones here and there. No, I get that. Like when uh, I go to McDonald's, I like getting the the soggy ones first. Yeah, I'm... yeah. <laughs> this is nice. Mm-hmm. You guys want to know a teaser? I think. Sure. When did we last all see you? We're gonna do a Valentine's Day cram fundraiser. Nicole's planning it, so I'm printing oh. out stickers that's going to go in these mm-hmm. things. We're going to drop it at midnight. So I've been making stickers. Mm-hmm. Air made this, like, pink-themed Possel oh, logo yeah. stamp. That's so adorable. So it's on all the cards. 
that we're sending out or we're offering. So I made it into mm -hmm. stickers. So we're going to include in every order. So then it's kind of like a branding thing. I like it. That's so cute. Yeah. Now I want to buy one too. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm gonna just buy Hella and just send it all to the interns because I feel like I feel like some of the interns need some love. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> Okay, so I've actually been recording this whole time, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And I saw um, it and I was like, let's just let's just keep going and just go we're just vibing. It's a lot for me to play around with because I'm also editing this too, so mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. I've for all the podcasts that I'm editing um, from now on. Joel gave me the permission to add my own music, so I'm making. Oh. Fun of that. I don't know. I don't know if Sydney asked you yet, but we were talking about open house, mm. and we we're like assigning roles for some of the core members. And Sydney mm -hmm. was like, "I'm gonna ask Elijah if he wants to DJ because he did really well at the historian event, so she might be reaching out to you to DJ the Ooh. open house." FYI. Okay, Elijah, DJ Elijah. <laughs> well, you did our, um... Huh? No, well, I'm thankful for the opportunities. But... Yeah. What were you saying? No, we, we finally did our um, Secret Santa today. Oh, I thought you guys Before. were. Not even. Oh, no, I think Chloe's frozen. <laughs> oh no there you go yeah no we just did it today because of uh availability yeah it took forever everyone was like oh i already uh opened my gift or peeked at it but what? you know what i still think about when the interns had their um secret santa like, I just felt so fake because I opened mine early and so my reaction was like, so forced. <laughs> hella funny. Sign I felt awkward. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I feel awkward when opening gifts because I don't like it when a lot of people look at me like expecting like this grand like reaction. So I, I looked like I wasn't thankful or like I didn't like it, but I swear I loved it. And I texted <laughs> Julia because I felt bad. I was like, dude, I swear I love it. I just, I'm awkward. I couldn't react properly. You know, what's funny. I did the same thing with Jules. <laughs> <laughs> you did a whole like outfit change to try and your be. <laughs> <laughs> Did, yeah. That actually really is my first Wait. beanie. I haven't had one that actually fit me nicely, so I'm really happy about that. Really? Ooh. Oh, sorry, Nancy. I didn't mean to cut you off. You were talking about assignments. No, no, you're good. It was it was funny because we're he oh, he didn't even his gift was in the washing machine, and at some point before today, we had a meeting and he was wearing it and. Cat was a secret Santa. Mm -hmm. His ate was a secret Santa, and she was just like, uh, "Is he wearing the gift I gave him?" And it was hella funny. 
<laughs> it's nice to know we're not alone in that regard then. <laughs> I was telling Joel about how I have different voices. And so I was showing him my people pleaser voice. And it's just in like a lower a lower tone. And then he was like, it sounds creepy. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, so I have a few preliminary questions set up. Um, okay, first one. Is soup salad? What's up with that? Soup salad? Oh, wait, I said like- that wrong. Is cereal <laughs> <laughs> I was like, soup, salad, appetizer, one or the other. (laughs) It's my first time hosting everyone, so I'm still trying to figure out how it goes. But first question, cereal soup. Is cereal a soup? I think it's like a cold soup. I don't know, you know, I feel like when I think of soup, I think of warm things. So that's what I kind of just, like when you say soup, I think of like pho and all these like different Vietnamese soup dishes, which are like (laughs) hot. And then cereal is just breakfast. Yeah, you you can't have soup, but it's hot. (laughs) If you warm up the, the milk. Would that count as soup? Uh-uh. Well, then does it change? If, if your soup is cold, is it still soup? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's real. Oh, wow. I know. I'm going to ask my fiance that later tonight. That's going to be our like, nighttime checkout before we go to bed. I like that question, but I like the first question more. <laughs> so. <laughs> Second question. Okay, well, no, Elijah, is soup is cereal oh, yeah. soup? Is cereal you soup? didn't answer it. I mean, that depends on what your definition of soup is. And soup in itself is like an identity. You could say that anything that's a soup is whatever that has a liquid and a solid. And so if we define it by that, then yes, cereal is soup. Then you could say the same thing about boba. But you know, it's a different thing. <laughs> it's up to your own interpretation. Wait, 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 wait. Don't ever just slide boba in there. And just try to like... That's, that's a drink. Wait, so then what separates a soup from a drink? You can still drink your soup. So you're you're telling me like lemonade can be a soup? If you put lemonade in a bowl and then you get <laughs> and eat it like soup, then yeah. I think it works. interesting but the reason i asked that question is because i recently started watching this youtuber named kelly wakasa mm. 
you spring the bait too. And I just find it really interesting. Uh, he, he said that in one of the videos that, um, so he has like different types of things. It's like, he's going on a date or like he sneaks into class or something like that. But it, his, his vlogs are interesting. I like it for his personality. But the thing with him is last semester, um, oh wait, let me go back a bit. So when he graduated from high school, he wasn't accepted into college. And so he was like, okay, I'm gonna take a gap year and we'll see what happens. Eventually it just became a gap life. And so it wasn't until the pandemic where he was like, well, I wanna experience different things. And, you know, I'm kind of feeling like there's no direction right now. So what if I go to college? And so he did it in a coin flip. And so one of his things is like, the things that he's been saying is that, you know, I'm going to college for content. And so he's just making whatever he can within that. And so that's who Kelly Wakase is. But what I find interesting about his whole like channel and his whole philosophy on life is that he defines his identity by the things that he he has this like mantra that's always like do what excites and so in a way it's basically just you only live once so live your life how to like be open to whatever things that it may be and just like experience it have fun with it mm-hmm. but i think if you've been listening to what we've talked about so far, it goes to have a theme of identity. And so that's what I'm interested about talking with you. So moving on to our second preliminary question. (laughs) How do you get up in the morning? I'll let you think about it for now. Like literally, like how I physically (laughs) get up or like what are my... uh... Well, it's open to you. (laughs) Or like what, what are the reasons that you get up? Which way is it, physical or like reasons that you get up in the morning both (laughs) okay (laughs) um i have two ways of physically getting up in the morning there is i roll out of bed when when it's like warm i roll out of bed if it's cold i will slowly like inch my body out of the blanket (laughs) and then let the cold wake me up and (laughs) then for the reasons why I would why I want to get up is I like to make people happier smile like it's just kind of a like uh, I think motto like I guess I don't know I just like it 
point blank period, I like to make people smile if I can throughout the day. At least one person. Because that means that even if they smile and it doesn't last that long, I made them have like a boost of serotonin. And hopefully that will like last as long. Or like if they keep thinking about the smile, as long as they have like, if I can make somebody smile or laugh, that's like the best thing I can do for myself and for somebody else. Is because it's like, yay, I made somebody happy. And they're also happy. So it's good all around. So that's for me. I love how you sort of like explain the science behind it with the neurotransmitters, the serotonin. <laughs> Real nursing major. <laughs> so for me, like physically, I wake up, I roll over and grab my phone and I like scroll through Instagram and like TikTok and all that to wake me up. And then... And then, uh, this is gonna sound super embarrassing. I hope he's not listening. But, like I make sounds in the room cause he, my, my fiance wakes up before I do. So I like make kissing sounds or I just make silly sounds for him to come in and cuddle me before I officially get up <laughs> in the morning. And then to get up, I have to be dramatic and just like throw the covers off of me or I won't get up. So I do that. Um, I think reasons to wake up every day or just get up is because I have tasks to do for that day. Um, I think like, you know, there's days where it's just waking up. I'm like, just thankful because sometimes people don't have that opportunity to get up the next day. Um, that's like the, the deeper, the deeper part of like answering this question. But I think for most of the, most of the time, it's just another routine of the day waking up and you know weekends I get to sleep in a little bit I'm very thankful for that because I uh, wake up at mm -hmm. 6 and 6 30 now now that I'm working so uh yeah you know that's that's the joy of working again but yeah I think I think for the most part I get up because I have things I need to do I don't think that like I think there's certain days where it's like mm, I'm so happy that I'm I have the opportunity to get up, but mostly it's just, I got things to handle. So let me just get up real quick. Yeah. What about you, Elijah? Well, from looking about, looking at my habits when I get up, I would like to say that I'm more productive with my time. But to be honest, every time I wake up, I usually just lay in my bed a bit more, like curl into like a ball, because it's really cold. And when it's cold, I don't want to move. I just want to be comfy and then just like go back to sleep because it was nicer going to sleep. Um, reasons for getting up. That's what I think about a lot sometimes because I'm trying to figure out a concrete explanation for why I do get up in the morning. Because if you know me, I'm more of a feelings-based type of person. I don't really think about my actions. I just do it just because it feels right. But you know, I've been trying to put more thought into the things that I do. But in terms of both of your responses, I find it really interesting because there's like, 
three sides to that spectrum. There's one because you feel there's a purpose to helping others and also that helps you be happy. Well, from Chloe's response, and I think that's really cool. And then as for Nancy, there's that sense of, okay, is it is it responsibility or just doing it just to do it? I think responsibility mm-hmm. is like more more what it is. It's just, yeah, like I, I don't, I, I don't want to say, I, yeah, like I don't think that I just wake up because just to do it. <laughs> I think it's just, you have things that you have to accomplish within the day. You know, why do you 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 think that though? Why do you have to accomplish these things? Oh, I mean, so like not talking about like weekends, like weekdays, like I have to wake up early or get up to go to work because like one, I do enjoy my job, even though it's only been like one week, but it's like, it's also a source of income. And there's like, I'm at that place of like, whoa, like I'm a little older. So I'm thinking about like a family and like the next steps and like uh, being from the Bay and wanting to have a house or just like, you know, just trying to find like, like that stability with the partners, like that responsibility of bringing in another income is revolved around that, like having to get up to like, do sticker orders because <laughs> I took I took orders and I need to hurry up and do it so I can send it out to people who like paid for it stuff. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's certain things that I commit to, and that's why I feel like I have to feel that responsibility in order to like push through and get up and get out of bed in the morning. So I think a lot. It's just responsibility tying into like commitment and then tying into like like goals too in a way if that makes sense it's just like a bunch of bunch of stuff meshed into one yeah you think that's the same thing for you Paul um I mean I don't like I don't have as much responsibilities as Adenancy does, so I can't fully relate. But uh, I don't know. I understand the responsibilities just because, like, I see my parents, I see the way that they act, and then they are very open with me when it comes to talking about responsibilities. They want to see and show, or they want to show me that responsibility is so important, especially when you have a family, and. They aren't afraid to hide it when they're struggling. They'll tell me. Um, or if something's going on between my parents, one of them doesn't I usually just, they both come to me at different times and usually tell me what's going on. So I don't know. It's adulting. I'm like scared. But at the same time, I have a job now and I'm just thinking about how I really want to pay for my own college as much as I possibly can because I don't know. I feel that since I have two little siblings, I don't want it to all fall on my parents, especially if I move out to the Bay and get an apartment. I don't really want, I don't want them to pay for my apartment. So right now my, my number one like 
goal is to save up money in order to pay for an apartment so they don't have to spend a single penny. Probably like books is what I hope for them to pay for, but I really don't want them to go more than that. So that's like my responsibility as of right now. What about you, Elijah? Do you how, do you feel that way? <laughs> like responsibility. <laughs> I know I can say that a few months ago I was excited to have responsibility. I wanted it because I don't know, it made me feel more adult like and capable and I can do things. But I don't know, after experiencing first semester, like my first semester was fine. I like I passed all my classes. I, I did everything I needed to do, but I realized how lazy I was. Like it takes me so long to do things. Like, you should see my conversations with Joel when it comes to editing podcasts. <laughs> but I don't know. I sort of have a newfound sense of, like, purpose when it comes to doing things. So I want to be able to help people more. Um, a lot of that really is shown with, like, how I try to support my friends, um, uh, I guess a recent example is Chloe and I, we have a study group together. I want to help Chloe pass anatomy and phys because, you know, she has a purpose for her things and I think it would be really good for it to be fulfilled. Um, speaking about jobs, I find it funny because my cousin Isaac um, barbers every now and then. He'd, and so I always joke around with him saying like, so how much did you earn a day? And he was like, he says how much he gets. And I'm like, I mean, that's really good. That's enough to keep the lights on. And it's like. <laughs> that's adulting. <laughs> ah! Do you two feel like you're adults now? No, <laughs> I I don't. I feel like in a sense I do like in a lot of ways I do but then like parts of me still feel like I think like Sean and I are super blessed we're in like different predicaments compared to other people like in the space that we live like rent is super cheap and affordable and you know we have bills but like not crazy bills like like we're kind of adults but like we got it easy if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get to that place where we feel the stress of what adults, other adults may feel. But, you know, I think for the most part, yes, but. Well, in that case, like, at what point does it make you an adult then? Is it when you, you start being stressed by all the bills that you have to pay? Like, Sandra, it's a Tuesday night. Like she has a Chardonnay on her because like there's so many bills and she just wants to relax. Is that is that what's going on? <laughs> no, I, I think it, it's it's definitely defined differently for different people. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like the way that I see you guys is like you guys are college students and you guys to me are adults. Like you're stepping into like that new phase of your life. That's like you're no longer a kid. Like you, like students that I used to work with, once they graduate, they're no longer kids. They're like adults now. I treat them completely different, you know? 
So it's it's definitely different for everyone and the experience of being an adult is different for everyone. Like even in its sense in its own, like I have different different like I see adulting differently. Like I'm like, I don't live at home anymore. And that kind of feels like an adult. But when I was living at home, I was still navigating the way that I lived at my parents' house in an adult way. So even though like it feels it's like two types of like adulting. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. it's just defines and feels and looks different in all types of forms so no it it doesn't tie into like being stressed and having to like worry about bills and paying things on time but it also feels like that sometimes you know (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of it that way I keep forgetting that there can be multiple meanings to one word and you never remember and that Oh, uh, oh go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna <laughs> ask, well, how would you say your perspective on being adult is characterized or how is it based? Or like how do you define it for you? Do you think it was how you've seen it from your parents or role models? Is it something that you see them do that and so you sort of apply it to your own life? Say it again. Sorry, I feel like it, it 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 took me somewhere else, and now I'm not thinking of the the correct way to respond to it. Well, because we talked about how there were multiple meanings to what being an adult is. Do you think that how you define being adult for yourself is based on what you've seen from your parents or even role models? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends. Because I think that like, like to me, I feel like I grew up, like I started doing adult things pretty young in like my definition, but like the way that my parents see it is different because like, you know, most of our parents are immigrants who've like come from countries where they struggle. Like my mom in her early teens, like she was, you know, in the street selling like snacks and food to make like extra coins and like you know, with them, their experience with, like, the Vietnam War and my dad being, like, multiracial and growing up in Vietnam and, like, I don't know, like, I think that the way that they grew up as a youngster was, like, very different from, like, them having to be an adult when they had to be is very different from me. So, Mm -hmm. like, like, I might feel that way, but I don't think it reflects on my parents in any way. I think sometimes, like, I, like, feel like I'm not an adult because I reflect on, like, the struggles that my parents went through and, like, how they had to be. Like, my parents' experience when they were my age is, like, very different from how it is for me now. Or even, like, if I think about, I'm, like, turning 27 this year. So, like, if I think about, like, 20 years ago when they had me, like, even then their experience are, like, super different, Mm -hmm. different like you couldn't so, even hear it. Like. So, and I think that's why, like, to me, I see different views of what an adult is. Because then, then I think I do, I think about, like, what my parents were like at this age or, like, 
what it meant or what it looked like to be an adult for them. And it's like really different for me. Like when my parents were my age, they were like not struggling, but they like owned a place or they rented a place and it was like a whole house and they had like these jobs while raising kids. Mm -hmm. But now I'm here and it's like a different experience. So like it's a different type of adulthood, but without responsibility that they did. I don't know. It's like a whole, it's, it's a whole thing. But that's how I see it. How do you see it, Chloe? Um, I kind of grew up really, like, I was heavily influenced by how my mom saw adulting or being an adult. Because mainly it's my mom who's always giving me advice. My dad's very quiet. Um, but the way that my mom describes it is that, you know, you have your own place. You pay your own bills. You don't rely on anybody else. That's being an adult. And it's like, I never really thought about adulthood or the adult teen. I mainly thought about mature maturity growing up just because I had to mature very early, but I didn't feel like I had to become an adult early. So I, I'm close. I'm more closely related to maturity than adulting because I've been through a lot of things that not many younger people have gone through and it's something like that it's like interesting because it's like in my head I've never really heard the the word adult until like I talk to my parents and it's always about like owning your own things so yeah I don't really have much on being an adult because my mom always like instilled in my head like you own your own place you don't rely on anybody else you you know you're in control of what you do it's pretty much the way that she described it and how I've seen it all my life so yeah how about you Elijah well first of all I can relate to Nancy's sentiments because our experience right now and our parents really is that is really different I'm currently 18 so if you go 18 years back my mom was 21 she was 21 and she had a baby. I think that's crazy. Me too. Sorry, connection. And then when thinking about Chloe's thing, I feel like that's more of just being on your own instead of being. Because I feel like a lot of the times because we were young and at the time our thinking was different, we tend to glorify things that we're not. So with the concept of being adult, we like to think that it's something that's really set apart from us. So I feel like that's what leads to us thinking that we don't feel like adults. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So the way I'm thinking about what an adult is right now is sort of similar to something that Chloe says a lot. Because um, I've, I've heard you say this on multiple occasions. It's that adults are just big kids or, or are just kids, right? 
Yes. And so, when thinking of that, it sort of lightens the load. I mean, yes, like our experience from our parents is different, but it's still part of our own experience, like our life experience. Mm -hmm. And so it comes with its own challenges, its own struggles, but also the same happy moments that you would get from anything else. And so I think that's what's, that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to like how I, I do say that a lot, that adults are just big blank kids. <laughs> I just, I had so many experiences where they like these adults, they act very childish and I'm very confused because you know growing up like my mom always told me you know like they do their own thing they're very responsible and stuff so you would think that they're responsible with their actions but they're not they're literally just big kids with responsibilities but depending on how they were raised and like how they think their actions don't fully show responsibility so that literally big adults are, are, I mean big adults big kids are adults like that's all I have to say because mm. it's too much I see <laughs> I feel like that just proves your point even more because it shows that you know adults just like kids are fallible we make mistakes and that's normal mm-hmm. I was gonna say something but I forgot what I was gonna say so we'll come back <laughs> Yeah, I wish people like my mom told me that, you know, with adulthood comes mistakes. Like, no matter how old you are, you're going to have mistakes. I wish that was something that she told me because I felt like you had to be so perfect. You can't mess up. And I feel like if I knew that mistakes were just a part of life throughout, I wouldn't be as scared or I wouldn't have been as scared. And I'm definitely gonna teach my kid that. Now <laughs> it's just like the first that first time I ever thought of that. But yeah. I like that. I feel like that's something that like I talk about with my partner a lot. I feel like I keep bouncing from fiance to showing a partner. But um because like I, I think like even just with the conversation of like experiences between like you and your parents and like the way that they were brought up and stuff like there's things that you experience that you reflect on like there's definitely like things that I I see in my parents that I I like you know something that we try to reflect on is like the internalized trauma like what's the root causes like what what caused you to like feel this way act this way and do things a certain way and those aren't things that like a lot of our parents think about because they're very stubborn and their experience is just different so like I see things that like now as an adult I look back and like I would never want to maybe like not just not the bad things only like knowing that like this is something that I wish my parents did for me or I wish my parents went about it differently so then now as like in a grown-up and like seeing that and saying that out loud how you can like kind of in a way like 
sometimes break that cycle, but then like sometimes just kind of like through that experience, making it different for the next generation. So then your child won't feel the way that you felt or your child won't feel the way that shit your mom felt. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, damn mom, like I wish you would just understand me. And then I like, mm-hmm. I like reflect on her and her relationship with her parents. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I see why. Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I definitely agree with that. <laughs> It's so true because just thinking about having those fights and then like thinking about oh I had like my mom had it way worse than me with her like parents they would like you know do things that at least she doesn't do to me and I just keep thinking that and thinking that to help understand how we're like where she's coming from and it's funny because like sometimes she'll catch herself but she can't help it and it's just because, you know, she was raised the way that she was raised. And it was mainly, like, with affection. My mom grew up with no affection. So if I was, like, crying or something, I'm very sensitive. So, like, she got a very sensitive kid, and then yet she's not affectionate. So it's, like, it doesn't mesh very well. Mm-hmm. And so she feels really awkward when trying to, like, calm me down because she doesn't know how. And it's, like, I, I can't blame her, and I used to. But as I understood and like she told me stories, I was like, okay, I understand why you're not affectionate and I understand where you're coming from. And like, yeah, it's sometimes it's heartbreaking. Like you hear your parents apologize because it's just because the way that they grew up, it's so hard to like let go or try to break it. You're just so used to it. It's, It's heartbreaking sometimes. I can relate to what Nancy was talking about when it comes to like when you're a parent and you don't want your child to experience like getting hurt but at the same time it's also a part of it and it's how they learn because you'd think that like um, it would be better for you to share for you as a parent to share your experiences with them and hope that they wouldn't make the same mistakes. Well, a lot of the times they make the same mistakes. (laughs) Um, I can connect that with my own experience when it comes to um, romance because I I really love like romantic movies and TV shows. Um, It's what I grew up watching. And so I've always... That's one of the things that I've pursued a lot. And then when it comes to having problems with the partners that I've had before, like it would really affect me because I'd be like, like to the point that I would break down. And so my, my mom, she, she just feels it hurts her even more because like she's gone through the same things and like it's happening all over again. I'm like, what do you do? Yeah, that's just my two cents on that. But Chloe, what did you say again? Oh, with the about pairings. <laughs> what was the last thing you talked about? Um, 
how like heartbreaking it is to see that like you see your parents trying to understand you and trying to be different from like what they experienced. Okay, thank you. I remember what I was gonna say now. So <laughs> I feel like this is something that everyone experiences. Like we're self-aware of all of our problems like, or like the things that we need to work on. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Because I remember in Twitter, there was a trend at some point, like um, where they would talk about my toxic trait is this, and then, and so, with all these people, like they're aware of the things that they need to work on, but they, they just they don't do anything about it. They just keep it there. And I'm one of those people too because I, I fall in that category. But at some point, I feel like you're sort of glorifying that trait more instead of actually doing anything about it. Um, and that's, when it comes to that, what do you think the response is? Then? What do you do then? I would reflect. I'm a very, I'm the type of person who constantly reflects, or you can even say overthink. Um, but whenever I recognize something or if like my significant other tells me like oh you're doing something like I don't like um I usually (laughs) I usually cry about it and be like I'm so sorry or like I'll feel really really bad about it but then at the end of the day they're telling me because you know it's a way for me to recognize it and do my best to try and do something about it and try to think of a, an effective way to like stop doing that bad habit or toxic habit and for me I would think deeply about it and then create like a little plan in my head little things that will help me get better at not doing it as much or think about what I say before I do it you know like things like that that's how I would try to like ease my way into not doing it because if you try to like stop yourself like immediately it, I don't I feel like it doesn't work because it it's like if you break hard your car is gonna like you know like kind of like jerk right and your whole body's gonna jerk but if you gradually do it it's a nicer ending like it's a nice stop so that's how I think of it when dealing with something like a trait that you have that is like not very good to think of like yeah yeah I think I got my point across <laughs> I think for me it just it, it takes a minute like I think like I'd be lying if I sit here and say I reflect on it super tough I think like it comes in it's in, like little yeah like sometimes I'll sit there and think about it for like maybe like two, three minutes. And like, and then I move around like about my day. And then I feel like then it like builds up and then it could like affect certain things. And I'll have like certain conversations with my partner and then we'll talk about it, reflect. And sometimes we talk about next steps and then we have that conversation again in a couple of months and it hasn't shifted or changed. And I don't know, I think it's just something has to trigger in you to make you want to, 
cut that toxic trick out of your life or cut that habit that isn't positive for you. It's just something that just needs to like, like I think it's easier for me to cut toxic people mm-hmm. out of my life. Cause I don't know, like I just don't have to see you no more. I'll just delete your number. But like when it comes to you and yourself only, which people would think and assume that it's easier for you to kind of work on yourself because it's just you. It's just so much, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. Cause you know what's wrong with you. You know that like these things, if you change would be a more positive experience for you. But sometimes these toxic traits feels like a void maybe. Like it makes you feel good in ways that like maybe deep down inside you feel that if you cut it out, you'll feel like something's missing. I don't know. Like there's definitely a lot of toxic traits that are still here. I know that I shouldn't have it, but Uh, interesting because like I was just thinking of how like you know how when people when girls like get go through a breakup and they're like I'm gonna go through a whole phase and then I'll be okay like (laughs) because I remember when the most recent time that I felt heartbreak I was like I'm gonna go through a whole phase like this I want to make myself feel better. This is this is my plan, and I was like, I don't need to experience that to actually, you know, better feel better about myself. I think that just comes to like something aside from finding. Instead of like looking through that um, sense of love for yourself through relationships, just do it on your own as an individual. But. I think it's crazy because like the way Nancy explained it is how I think, you know, bettering ourselves happens naturally because Chloe, you you talk about how it takes time and like little things, like little conscious efforts that you do to change it. Because um, my, my mentor, he's a behavioral therapist. And so he talks about how there's, that it's a gradual process to change specific behaviors. Um, It's not an instant. A lot of us think that change happens in an instant. And so like, if you want to be good, then it has to happen right away. But having that mindset just stresses you out even more because the more that you try to make it happen so fast, the more it just breaks apart. Um, So I like how you say that it takes time. Because if you think about it, like, you don't see a person grow. You notice that they've grown. I think that's what's significant about that. Mm-hmm. That's deep. <laughs> like, like, it makes sense, but it's like, I've never thought of it that way. But it makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna always think that way now, but <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, we're getting so deep. <laughs> Elijah and his words, bro. <laughs> it makes sense that Joel and Elijah are hosting these because y'all just know how. I remember that one time we did game night. 
with you guys and then i hopped into like the podcast channel and i didn't realize it was the podcast channel and then you and joe were talking and i was like i thought it was a game night and then i i think like when when i hopped out to a different channel and came back and i was like oh that makes sense i didn't realize that i hopped into that like we're about to talk deep stuff Okay. The thing with that channel, though, is we were playing Jackbox at first, but then everyone else left, so it was just me, Joel, and Pat. That was deep. That was a lot. I was like, oh, I wasn't ready for all that. <laughs> but I felt like I felt like in that like that night, I got to know like Chloe. I got to know you so much better just sitting there like listening to you and Joel talk because that was like super like hands-on sharing and being open and vulnerable so I think that was dope I wish we could just do that all the time or even not all the time but like those conversations you y'all talked about doing during like insomniac hours after hours after after hours I can't say that because I'm old (laughs) but I wish we could do that with like core and interns I feel like it'd be a super cool I mean that's why we're doing bonding opportunity yeah Mm-hmm. I think interns have done a very good job of like becoming like having a connection with vulnerability through online. It was mm-hmm. something I never expected. There was just this one night we got super vulnerable. We were all like tearing up and everything, and I was just so shocked because we really did this bond through the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. A lot of us have never met each other and we managed to do this. And this was because like our efforts and everything. And it just, it touched my heart. Yeah, I'm super proud of this like internship class. I feel like even though like our internship class had the opportunity to meet in person for at least half of our experience, we didn't like bond and got to know, like I didn't really have conversations with a lot of people until we went virtual Mm -hmm. so I think that like even though like virtual is sucky a lot of the time I think it opens like a different type of like opportunity to share in your own like oh like I can't look at you while I'm sharing right now can y'all turn off your cameras like you can't do that shit in person everyone's just staring at you turn around like you know like I don't know I think it's just like a different type of feel yeah but I think y'all are doing super great. And I'm I'm not going to say I'm jealous of your bonds, but, you know, like, your bonds are pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Wait, what happened? No, I was just going to say, like, it really is cool that we have gotten close despite being so far apart. Like, I consider Chloe to be a pretty good friend, even though I haven't met her in person. I've met Nancy in person. It was really nice seeing you. Um, <laughs> my boss was really ragging on me to finish orders, but <laughs> it, it was nice getting it. <laughs> I'll let Joel pick on you. I'll kick his butt. <laughs> I was like, Joe's being so mean. I was like, Elijah taking the time out of his day to come help him. It's part of the process. That's just how he gets when he's doing things. Like, he has a serious uh, side to him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it'd be heck of funny because you can, like, the two times I've gone there, or at least, like, last time, you can tell when he's, like, I need to make sandwich mode. And then he'll come over, and then he, like, acts like a little cute and childish with me. <laughs> and then it goes away, and it goes back over there. And I'm like, okay. That's cool. Uh, but I, I cut off you I cut you off earlier were you saying something like who uh, Nancy I was, just, <laughs> I was just talking about you guys and the internship class being pretty dope and you guys are also doing just like a lot I think like even just like starting this like podcast like it's not only an opportunity for y'all to get to know each other but like to put yourself out there so people can get to know you mm-hmm. as well I just think y'all doing it they're doing great this year despite the challenges and obstacles But so how was your experience being an intern last year? And do you think that was enough for prep for you to be core, like now? Um, I think, so we didn't really start getting in, like to see behind the scenes stuff until spring. Mm-hmm. And then like after capitated season, that's when we had to do virtual stuff. So it was like a whole bunch of like, different experience that we didn't like I got to table once in person and that was like the only experience of tabling that I had and so I I think that like we like we did some stuff but not really did it prepare me for well I was the competent intern Mm. competent director intern so I'm in a completely different position than when I interned but I think because of my experience with work doing PR stuff was a little bit easier for me like I had experience with like doing stuff on Canva and like Photoshop and stuff um I don't know I think my experience was just a little different like I I used to be the internship coordinator and then I became intern so it was a it was like a different transition because I went from being a mentor to a mentee mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know I think I think it was harder for me to try to like actually experience it as an intern because then like there were certain things we did or certain experiences and then I compared it to how I did it when I was like working with young people and stuff so I think that was more difficult for me did it prepare me for core um I think what makes the core experience is like the team that you enter core with. Mm-hmm. Wait. I was going to don't put that in the podcast. Cuz I feel like <laughs> I think yeah, I was like I was going to go somewhere with that and I was like, mm, I don't know. People might feel some type of way about it." Mm-hmm. But like off the record off the record I did think that like being on core I think the people that you intercore with is very crucial in how like your experience will be like you can do a hell of a job in your position 
and you can do great and be passionate. But if your team isn't on the same page as you, or like you guys aren't all on the same page, then you can tell. Mm-hmm. And off the record at a, a different time where we're not recording, I can tell you my experience as an intern <laughs> if you ever want to know. But it, um, okay, now we can go back. But I think as long as you run for core for the right reasons, no matter if you intern under that position or not, I think that like the willingness to learn and the willingness to transition, you'll do fine. Mm-hmm. Because you'll always have like this community of like alumni that you can reach out to. Like, I don't really talk to my predecessor like that, but I'm pretty sure like Air talks to her because it's her ape. Mm-hmm. But like you have this like whole community of alums that you can reach out to. Like we have a chat with all the previous PRs going back like maybe five years so sometimes thinking about running for court might be scary because you're like "Mm, am I ready and then especially like if you're going back in person it's gonna be a completely different experience Mm -hmm. I say don't let that make you not want to run that makes sense Mm -hmm. I think you'll have a good team especially like when you have like returning core members too, because then you'll also have them to kind of like support and kind of like guide that like transition as well. They help you acclimate to the position. Mm-hmm. I learned that word this year because I worked for orientation. <laughs> they, they spam me with everything. <laughs> yeah. So I think the internship will help if you, if you make the best of this internship and you have a vision of what it is that you want to gain and you are vocal about what you want to get out of it and you end up getting out getting it then it'll definitely help you in the long run if you decide to do core it's all it's really all you at the end of the day on if this internship will support like you know help you when you transition into a leadership role I feel like you could say the same thing with life in general. It's what you put into yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, this really taught me, like, what it really means to work with a group of people. Because I'm used to doing things on my own, and it's so much easier to do things on my own because I don't have to, like, think about stuff. Like, it just makes sense. But when you're with a group of people, not everyone thinks the same way. You can't approach the things your way you have to be collaborative Mm -hmm. because I feel like trying to it's either you end up trying to force your own thing and then it just makes more conflict or you try to appease but that doesn't really bring it to anywhere that could be better Mm -hmm. I agree You know, there's a word that I've been hearing a lot these past few months, and it's because I I like having deep talks with um, a lot of people. And so when it comes to, like, 
how we approach relationships, whether it be with a partner or a romantic partner, our family, friends, coworkers, like you always have to assess your intentions. And so or for you, do you think you're aware of your atten- your intentions? Do you think about it? Or do you just do whatever would feel right? I think I was both. I'm, I'm both. Because um, I would be aware of my intentions. And then as time went on with certain people, I started using my feelings. Because um, like an experience that I had was, you know, in our Philippinex culture, we always respect our elders. And I mean, that was kind of like something that you're kind of born with, like the intention of like respecting all your elders. But over time, I had a feeling that it just wasn't right. That respecting, especially like this specific elder was always crossing me (laughs) and just mistreating me. And I was sick of it. And I was just like, why do I have to respect that? So that's when I started realizing that feeling, like using your feelings when like, I don't know, how you feel about a certain person or like your relationship with that certain person. That's when it kicks in. It's like when you're a little bit on the edge and then you kind of use your feelings to like guide you. And that's when I realized like, hmm, I don't really want a relationship with you. I don't want to be anywhere near you if you're just going to keep turning me down. And so, yeah, I was both. I think it depends on the situation for me. I think that like if, like I think most of my actions are very emotion and how I feel driven. Mm -hmm. But if I enter a situation where I know that I need to have like intent, like if it's like a serious conversation with my sister where I feel like something I say could trigger her or make her feel a certain way or like even just with anyone, you know, like depending on the situation, if it's like super serious, like I'm still going to be my honest self and like still like tell you, you know, what I feel, but with more intent not like not just go with the flow type thing you know mm-hmm. so I, th- I definitely think it depends on the situation I didn't like that the light was back there <laughs> no yeah I finally moved my lamp up here to like on the top of my desk and my lighting is so good now so uh, <laughs> right like I really think I'm good no but I think that's really interesting but when it comes to respect though I don't think that's blindly obeying whoever's like deemed to have respect I think you're allowed to um, call them out when needed because like when you think about it like when you love someone love loving someone isn't permitting them to do whatever because, you know, you just want them to feel good. 
it's willing to say something that might hurt them because it's well not hurt but like may affect them in some way because it'll help them realize what to do instead like for example um, in a small situation if my fit's really ugly and I come down and I ask my friend hey does this look nice would, would you want them to say, yeah, that looks good. You should go out or say, no, you're going back upstairs and changing your fit because this isn't working. What type of response would you want? Well, the truth. Exactly. But then, but then let's say that like, because everyone's idea of what looked good could also be different. Mm-hmm. So like you might feel like your fit looks, you know, Mm-hmm. you're not feeling your fit but you're gonna ask to see what they're gonna say and like so let's say chloe don't really like your fit so she's gonna be like go change it but i'm like uh, i'm kind of actually feeling this vibe mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so then like how can you dif- <laughs> differentiate the two because you know some people's sense of style is different it's subjective. Yeah. okay well my situation <laughs> was this i was just wearing a leaf wait did you just say you're only wearing a leaf? I was just wearing a leaf, and you, you know where it's covering. And I come. <laughs> um, I would be like, well, uh, Elijah. I mean, it. You know, it. It's great, <laughs> but in my opinion, I think you should wear like more clothing or more leaves but if you really like it by all means it's all you bro (laughs) it's how you want to you know like how you feel about it that's what you should stick with (laughs) (laughs) you really said a leaf hello are you going to a costume party Special costume party. I don't know. Speaking of costumes, I've always wanted to, you know how in Twilight, um, mm-hmm. the wolves, the, like they, they only have like a tattoo and like they just yeah. like, I always wanted to have like a group of friends and then we would be a wolf pack. And, and so. That makes me think of um, Full House. Full House. Like, or, I don't know. Okay, I'm. Don't get mad at me. I've never seen Fuller House or Full House. I've only seen Fuller House because, like, I I I never had cable, so I never watched Fuller House, and so, I I mean Full House. But my siblings love Fuller House, mm-hmm. and they have this thing where like they're the she wolf pack, and like that's like their thing. Oh, and it just like for some reason connected with what you were trying to do. It's like, but yeah. I've never watched Full House myself. So. Yeah, a lot of people get mad at me that I haven't seen it. And I'm like, I didn't have cable, <laughs> I had antenna. <laughs> Same. I still don't have cable, I only have a. Fire 
app on my fire stick called showbox where it would have all like the new movies but then xfinity sent us like a letter saying like you gotta delete this app because this is illegal and you shouldn't use it <laughs> so if you keep it like we're canceling our our like thing and i was like oh interesting <laughs> so cool. no but i grew up watching 90s shows um Because a lot of the time when I would come home uh, from middle school, um, either it was like ABC Family, I think, it would show like Boy Meets World. I love Boy Meets World. Eric Matthews, I relate to him. He's a good looking guy. <laughs> I love Topanga. Topanga, oh, she's a gem. I love her. You should hear Joel pronounce Topanga. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read it at first. <laughs> Now I want to call him and just ask him, "Hey, say Topanga for me." I feel like he says it with like a, like a Topanga. Topanga. <laughs> like I'm trying to I'm say getting... it with his his voice in my head right now. I can I can like kind of imagine it. I can Topanga. <laughs> Like, it doesn't come out when we say it because we don't sound like him but like I feel like we're uh-huh. all thinking the same thing because Joel talks a certain like he speaks a certain way and like some 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 you know so you could yeah like I hear it in my head I can see it I just can't sound like it <laughs> yeah I feel it he has a southern accent and it pops out of like nowhere <laughs> yeah are you, are you sure you're from San Lorenzo <laughs> but i love that guy i remember i was in a car with him and sid and then sid was asking me like how, how do you view your relationship with joel and then because uh, like from what they would say i saw him as like an older brother figure but then i responded mm-hmm. saying, like he's my rival like, <laughs> <laughs> i can see that low-key actually Mm-hmm. Maybe like friendly rivalry, friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For a question, are you interested in answering something that um, Angelo, Jacob, and Arjun talked about last week? And then, okay, sure. their podcast is called Gentlemen Don't because they really are gentlemen, and <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the things that they talked about was um with their relationships, and so they were talking about um how do you balance your individuality with your committed relationship. because like it's valid to say that you can get invested in your your relationship and that's like the main thing that you focus on and so then when that happens you sort of forget to you know focus on yourself as well and so Mm -hmm. what happens when you do that 
I think Sean and I have very strong, like we have, we're very similar, but also like very different at the same time. And I think like, I think that like for us, there's certain things, like I don't think we give up our individuality per se, but I think like there's moments where we both feel like we uh, give in to like, maybe not please the other, but like there's certain things that like, I might, sh- I might shift how I would normally react or normally respond because I worry about what he would think. So it's like kind of like a, a little ripple. And I think he does the same. Mm-hmm. And then when those things happen, you know, and if it happens enough, there's like this, this, this little tension, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we don't fight, we don't argue, but we know when something's off. And then we have those conversations and then we're like, well, you know, I, I feel and this and that, and then we have those conversations and then we feel a little better. And I think it's just all part of like growing in relationships and having those hard conversations and communicating like how we feel. But I feel like we're pretty true to ourselves, like compared to other people, like we're still very, like he still has his group of friends and I'm building my group of friends. And I say build strongly because a lot of people who are in my life now weren't in my life back then, like a year ago. Like last year was a a very transitional year for me. And a lot of people were cut out of my life. So like, you know, like, yeah, I, I feel like we have those moments where we like give in a little bit, but most of the time we're pretty we're pretty good on like not trying to lose ourselves because I think like I know like for me personally like I've I've been in relationships where I feel like I lost part of me like, I think every time you like grow you feel like you're becoming like a better you or like the version closer to the version of you that you want to be in that moment mm-hmm. and I've been in relationships where I like I feel that way and then like to please my partner I I like completely just like give in and like do things that makes them happy but hurts me and then not communicate it and just kind of like it's a very like toxic and unhealthy relationship you know but that's not it at all with this guy which is why it's like a long run type thing he stuck with me for the rest (laughs) of his life but um I don't know I think like in those moments where you feel like you might be losing parts of you. If you're with the right partner, then you can have that open conversation so that you can get figure out next steps so that that doesn't happen. But yeah, I think I, I hope I answered that right. I don't know, but I just be talking sometimes and I feel like that makes sense, you know? It makes sense. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, most of these questions are also like therapy for me. <laughs> <laughs> like reflection moment reflection corner what was the question can you oh, i know the question but can you repeat it <laughs> i just like i want to i i was like trying to process it and then i as i was processing my answer i lost like, the like the question Let's see oh. What I said was, 
when it comes to relationships, you a lot of the times you get very invested into it that you sort of lose yourself. So in that sense, how do you balance your own individuality and the relationship? Mm-hmm. I feel like for me and Almer, it's a little different because we're like long distance. Mm-hmm. And so our time is, our time together is very limited. So I don't know. It's pretty easy to live our own lives since we are far apart. Um, something that like we established in like the very beginning of our relationship is that, you know, our yeah, we, like, laid down some, like, ground rules, like, just to be clear with one another of, like, how, you know, we're long distance, it's going to be hard, there's this and there's that, there's going to be times where I'm with family and, like, I can't answer the phone, all those little things. And then as, like, time went on, I kind of, like, some things I realized for myself that I didn't want to do to Almer was, like, take him away from his friends. Because the funny thing is, I know... I knew his friends before I knew him. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I was already friends with his friends. So, it was all G. And, like, I met Almer. I was like, oh, who's this dude? And then, so it was very easy for me to, like, you know, let his friends know that, like, hey, I'm not trying to steal Almer from y'all. Nor is, like, Almer trying to steal my, like, steal me from y'all, too. Like, or from my friends, like, we made it clear to both of our friends that we're not trying to, like, steal anybody. Like, whenever he wants to hang out with the fr- his friends, I don't say no. Like, I, I there's never a time that, like, I want to take him away from his friends, and I never wanted to, like, be that person either. And um, I don't know, it's pretty easy keeping our lives separate, like, or our, hmm individuality it's pretty easy for me I don't know for him but yeah I don't know long distance it's different it's really different it's very easy to like something that I'm very worried about is sometimes I live my life by myself sometimes and it scares me that Almer might think that I'm forgetting about him but I I usually text him when I get scared like that because I don't want him to feel that way or, like, I just, sometimes I get so busy and I get lost in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, yeah, it's a little different for me. Now, because I was just thinking from my own experience, because I remember with this girl that I was talking to at the time, it was long distance. And it was, and in the beginning of it, we would talk to each other, like, every single day. And so... Like, every part of my day was always related to her. And so in a moment where we were together, in a sense, or there was conflict, it just, like, broke me apart because, like, my whole sense of identity was tied to that. Um, Because for me as a person, like, I I love to help people, um, so if I have feelings for someone, that's even more. <laughs> um, but at this point, 
trying to figure out like what I should be doing. I don't know, because I remember before that I was like, you know, I don't really need to be in a relationship right now. Like I'm, I'm happy with myself. I know I can do a lot more in my own singleness. And then I met her, and then I was like, I, I really like her. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I can really think of at the moment. That was a hard question. My brain is kind of like, (laughs) I don't think I answered it right. I feel like I was rambling. But oh, that's a good question. I like that question. I have to listen to their podcast so I can hear what their answers were. I know. Is it po- is it posting? Is it already posted or is it mm-hmm. posting? I think so. Oh, it's already posted. Okay. I actually just finished that right before we went into this podcast. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, okay. Here, Joel texted. He said about thirty minutes. Angelo. Oh, so for at nine twenty-five. He said in 30 minutes, their podcast is going to be live. So around like 9.55-ish, but it was posted. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Um, it's, it's the one with least mistakes when it came to editing. <laughs> I see improvement. I'm getting better at my job. Do you think if I worked at LNL, I would be a good coworker? Yes, you can work at LNL because honestly, the way that we get through shifts is through our bonds. If we have a good bond, or like if we just vibe with each other, or like, you know, if you make the effort to like, get to know us you'll fit right in but if you don't make the effort to get to know us if you don't make the effort to talk to us if you don't take the initiative to do your job properly we might have a little problem I'll I'll, me and my friend will talk to you we'll like confront like you know confront you about it like hey you know to make your job easier and our job easier and like you know we'll talk to you about it but hell yes you can work at LNL see like (laughs) if you want shoot go for it you're thinking of like everything that we've talked about so far and so when it comes to just working or you know being alive in general there's that willingness to communicate to be open with other people to have a sense of responsibility when doing things. So if there's any like key takeaways from this podcast, <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. Right now it's 11.30, seems like. <laughs> you guys wanna talk for a bit more or should we end soon? I mean, (laughs) 
I, I, I'm down to talk. I don't know about like the podcast because who knows what this, what my mouth is going to be saying <laughs> after midnight. And then it's going to be like, hey, Elijah, can you cut that part out? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm down to like talk with like all of this. But the podcast, I, I don't know. I'm a little risque with my words right now because. <laughs> like sometimes I could be I could say things that like probably shouldn't have been said. Oh, I feel that. Um, that's me most of the time. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm open to just chilling. I'm up. So, it's a rare sighting of Nancy not in bed at eleven thirty. So makes me feel special <laughs> that you're willing to stay up. And- I know. I know, but Chloe was like, can we do after Ted? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but thank oh, you good. so much. You're I good. appreciate it. <laughs> you're good, you're good. <laughs> it's a Saturday, so mm. I'm chilling tomorrow. Bet you I'm going to still wake up at like 7.30 tomorrow, so. My, 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 like I am automatically up by 7.30, if not before. Every morning. If I didn't have to, if I didn't have to get ready for work and like prep for my lunch mm-hmm. on the days that I go to work, I would be getting up at seven thirty, getting ready, and going to work because I only work like ten minutes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I have to wake up at six tomorrow because. My, my mentor is picking me up and we're going to church to set up all the cameras and stuff. Because, oh. like, I'm, I, I'm part of the AV crew. Mm-hmm. So much work. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, man. It's a worth process. It was either I taught Sunday school or that. And I don't think I was ready for Sunday school yet, so I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, in that case, for me to end this podcast, do you have any closing words that you would like to tell the audience? Man, we talked about so many different things. Oh my gosh, this is like trying to come up with your like conc- like the first sentence to your conclusion paragraph. You have to like, oh my gosh, it's so stressful. Just thinking about writing a paper that is like nowhere near in existence that I don't need to write a paper anytime soon. But like just thinking about having to write a paper is already stressing me out. (laughs) Um. Adulting comes with okay. Wait, what am I trying to say? Can you hear it? Yeah, it's soothing. Thank you.
have something. Go for it. Adulting doesn't mean that mistakes won't be made. Mistakes will continue to happen. I'd say I'm going to compare like adulting to like success and like happiness all in one. So that's just whatever I say, that's 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 the smush of it. But, you know, it looks different for everyone. And to arrive at your destination of like your happiness or what adulting looks like for you or, you know, what end game and end goal is like the the pace is different for everyone the path is different for everyone and you know it's your own so like no one can tell you the right way to do it the wrong way to do it it's like your own your own choice on how you get there no matter the obstacles challenges it's just you Thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate the conversations that we had and uh, I love getting to know you too uh, a lot more. Um, yeah. Our audience for coming by. Like it's my first time hosting. That's crazy. <laughs> you did great. Good job, Elijah. We cut and we're done. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you said live music. Every time I see you, you make my heart sing.